don't think you can get you a dessert from these front seats. I, I don't. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> welcome, welcome, single one of you uh, this morning. We have a privilege of uh, really just hearing the presence of the Lord through His Word and aligning our hearts uh, with. So we reflect His glory. Reflect His image. Um, congratulations to Pastor Nick and Ashley on the of their two little ones, uh, Mike and Leah. It was interesting. I had the wonderful privilege on um, was it Wednesday of being there shortly after uh, they were born, and I was with Nick and he was just Papa, just beaming literally as watching through the nursery window. As, uh, as the nurses feed them and bathe them um, with Micah. And um, it was very obvious. Nick kind of looked at the baby and me, and he said, uh, he's, he's got the cheeks, doesn't he? <laughs> it's very obvious. I don't know if you saw the or not, but it's kind of got these uh, cheeks on him that are just very reminiscent of his dad. I thought about that. Absolutely adorable, adorable babies. I thought maybe we look at a subject that we think we're followers of this. We're Christians. We follow Christ. We have to reflect his image. When he is of peace, automatically, uh, this character trait that the Holy Spirit promises to give us, that when one looks at us, it ought to be very quick and identifiable. They are ones who are at peace. Christians, followers of Christ, demonstrate and reflect image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this subject this, this morning, we continue on a series on the fruit of the Spirit, the nine. Um, I hope it's, if it's right to say or not, if it's, if it's okay to have favorite fruit of the Spirit. I don't know, but I've been wrestling with it all week long. But if, if, if you are allowed to have one, it's, personally speaking, I would encourage you to be careful attention to particular fruit that the Holy Spirit so, so dearly desires to be present in your life and in my life. Um, let's bow first and foremost just in God's blessing um, as we look at of the Spirit uh, that he is. Let's pray. Father, as we before you, we're just grateful for the beauty of this day and, and the, the rain last evening. Uh, Lord, the sound of, of words our voices lift up before you this morning, offering, sacrifice. We thank you for this privilege that you have given to us to gather together in, in freedom that we are blessed with to learn. Our, our goal is very clear. Our pace, our gate set this morning. That as we leave this room in just a few moments, that we would understand what peace is. And that we have it, that you desire to give this incredible gift, and it's a gift to us. I would ask, Lord, that you be with the community that you called us to live in. Pray, Lord, that we would be demonstrated of your love, of your grace, of um, one who have been recipients of mercy that we simply do not deserve. Lord, would show other 
what it means to be a true follower of Jesus. I pray for missionaries that are seeking you, faith abroad. God, we ask that you would use them in a mighty way them. Father, I would ask for blessing upon even at this moment, those serving in the nursery, those that will teach in Sunday school classes. Lord, ministries here as a local church, we think, Lord, upcoming ministry that you would use this time to to really just be real, to be real with one another and learn what it means every day to follow and, and to obey even when it's difficult. Father, confess, I admit that it is hard. It is hard to live every moment, every day, surrender to you, but in your strength we can do that. We thank you. We thank you for the joy that exists as we simply seek to be obedient to you. Lord, our minds open our ears and our eyes hear you see you. Um, Father, I just pray to be glorified every word that you can guard my lips and very carefully. I ask for everything said that is going to be your glory. We ask this precious and holy son's name. Amen. About the fact in theories that the Holy Spirit desires to produce love in our lives. The Holy Spirit desires to produce joy in our lives. I've called this morning's message, Love Plus Joy Equals Peace. Uh, there is a desperate, desperate need in the world today for peace. Um, let me remind you that we cannot have peace without. First and foremost, there is peace within. That's where we begin. What I, what I delight in doing oftentimes to relax, uh, I will bring a cup of coffee and I will go for a ride, especially in the summertime, beautiful, beautiful evening, head up in the ridge and the hills and the roads that are everywhere. And this past week, I was doing and oftentimes, oddly enough, but I end up at cemeteries. There are cemeteries all over the area. And this week, I was preparing and praying on the subject. I stumbled upon a gravestone that belonged to a relatively young man who had passed away. He was 57 years old. And on his tombstone, read these words, quote, some days, life is scattered beyond our control. Instead of peace, we live in chaos. Instead of certainty, we live in fear. Things seem random, make little sense, and we die in pain. What was seen is that this direct quote gave indication it was taken by this man month before he died. I, I thought that is reflective of how the majority of the world lives today with a sense of, of longing for something. I didn't even pick up on that, but the subject of peace today is hugely popular. The pursuit of peace is actually very in vogue today. It's trendy. It's fashionable. There are terms all over our world that regularly can 
connected with organizations that we can be part of, united for peace. There's the Peace Corps, there's Needs of Peace, Greenpeace, Peace grade, Grades, Waging Peace, Not War, Peace James, the Religion of Peace, there's Volunteers for Peace. Surely there are every single organization possible that you can join to have the pursuit today. The pursuit of peace today is in. It is not we call it being hip. How many times have you ever heard someone say that if you had one wish, if you had one wish, what would it be? I can think of this America on numerous occasions. Oh, I just wish that there was world peace. I wish that there was peace on earth. Those of you that are old enough remember some of the cities in the 70s where there was a popular what, symbol, symbol. You greeted one another with what? Uh, I was speaking recently a college student. Remind me that it is so old-fashioned. It is so updated today. Young people greet one another. It's peace out, homie. I have used that. For, probably will never use that. Uh, for several years, the United States, as well as a coalition of countries, have encouraged what is referred to as a roadmap to peace, as a specific plan that has been laid out for the Israel Palestinian conflict. As you can see, the roadmap of peace is not going very well. It's very obvious that there's a huge and fascinating interest to pursue peace. Why? I believe that arguably today there's never been a time of more conflict than right now. Not that conflict is new. Conflict literally is increasing every year. Conflict is literally increasing every day. Conflict is literally increasing every single hour. This is not new since the fall of mankind. Genesis chapter 10 verse 15. To Cain up what his hand against his own brother when he murdered Abel. Since that time, all of mankind has been at war. I heard it what I did not want to do this week. And I made this just the first story that hit me every single day. Monday, I had the privilege of meeting our Congressman T. Thompson with other pastors and being with him. What is it, Congressman, that is the big thing that we can be prepared for? First thing out of his lips was a situation in Iraq where ISIS, literally, he referred to what? Medieval brutality. I won't go into the details of some horrific crimes that have been done. That was Monday news. Is news. Every one of us in a thread of one of the leading comedians, one of the most popular guys, we lived and watched the last movie after movie, literally took his own life, seeking, searching some kind of peace. Today we were facing the news of race riots in St. Louis, Missouri, in a little town in Ferguson, outside of St. Louis, that, that riot started, spurring as a result of a shooting. Death of a black teenager, a white cop. Thursday, we read Israel's destruction of the past 
infrastructure and respond to terrorist activity. On Friday, of the buildup of Russian troops on the border of Ukraine, every single day we are greeted with this type of news. This is the world. I agree with the words of Corey quoted as saying, peace is the brief, brief moment in history when everyone stands around reloading. That's basically what the world understanding is. I think it's obvious that there is it in our world. And if you were to ask anyone, what, what are images, thoughts, words, pictures to your mind when you hear the word peace, automatically we think puffy clouds and rainbows and unicorns and tea and witness and rest and ease and security. And with peace truly is a sense of oneness and unity. All of those are relatively accurate, but this morning we look at the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical center is a lot more toward peace than puffy clouds and rainbows and unicorns. With me, if you write these down, you can read them later. Back to the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter Psalm chapter 85 speaks about the restoration of a close relationship between a holy God and a sinful man. The psalmist writes in verse 8 of Psalm 85, Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, speaks about this one, the everlasting Father. And then there's a specific mention of Messianic prophecy to whom the Prince of Peace. Zechariah chapter 9 tells us that one will come who will speak peace to the nations. And then we Luke chapter 2, as we celebrate the Christmas story, shepherds are in the field walking their flocks, an angel appears and shouts and announces, we all know this, glory to them in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. Automatically, that we begin to wait a minute. We're not, we're not acting with what the scripture says when we hear the phrase off. A lot of people hear what? Angels announcing goodwill to earth and peace toward men. Matter of fact, they believe say peace toward all men. They add to the scripture, which that's not the case. But that angel proclamation is really saying. Literally, it translates like this. Peace among men of goodwill. Okay, angel announces, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men of goodwill. The New International Version translates it like this. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. I preach from the ESV and translates peace among whom he is pleased. What does it mean? It means a specific that is consistent for specific people. Do you get that? This is not the declaration of rainbows and clouds in the world. The proclamation says God is pleased with some, therefore he is pleased with others. That's a difficult truth. God is pleased with some, a select few. God actually did pleased others. God delights in 
gives peace to those who obey him. Therefore, he does not give peace to those who disobey him. Oh, this is totally, totally different than where we initially think. Realize that this is actually perfectly of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I want you to see with me to Matthew chapter 10. Okay, when Jesus Christ talks about what? He's calling his disciples. He says, I send you out. I'm going to put his sheep among wolves. He says, you're, you're actually going to be hated. He makes this statement. Oh, wow. he makes a statement that is hard for you I. So hard for many in the world. Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 34. Do not think that I have to bring peace to the earth. Wait, wait a minute. He's the Prince of Peace. Yes, he is the Prince of Peace. By his coming, there is going to be tremendous unwilling. Himself says, do not think that I have come to bring peace. I have come to bring peace, but a sword. He's on Friday. He said, a man against his own father, Against her mother, against her mother. But what is happening here? Down to verse 8, it says, And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. There is an immediate difference here. There is a calling for us to completely follow Christ and Christ alone. The only way that we can have peace is the Prince of Peace. The world has not only a difficult time accepting that, they have a difficult time understanding that. In 2008, I was pastoring in New Hampshire in a rural, rather rural community. Several churches in our community, if you recall, 2008 was a difficult year. A year that the war on terrorism was not going well at all. I had a call and a visit by from a woman pastor. She was a lesbian pastor of a universal church that was a quarter mile from her church. She brought one of her elders with her and she was announcing that we were going to have what they referred to as a campaign for work peace invited us to participate. Invited all the churches in the area. This particular day, it would, it would be October, it would be out this day at, at 12 o'clock noon, all the churches, the entire community, and there were several of those churches, were going to ring their bells. Ringing their bells, there was going to be a campaign for world peace, oneness and unity. Put all this aside, and we will focus on world peace. They, do you believe in peace? I said, yes, I believe in peace. They, do you want peace? I said, I desperately want peace. Need for peace. There's a different need for peace in this world. Would you participate? Let me make something clear. Where this stands upon absolute truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the gospel of Jesus Christ, it proclaims only one way that there will be world peace, and that is the Prince of Peace, Lord Jesus Christ. Surrender to his authority and follow him completely, there will never be world peace. So when we ring our bells, I want you to hear our ringing. The only way there will ever be peace is to be followers, 
surrender to Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. You would be more willing to participate if you understand that's what we claim when we ring our bells. Very specifically, that they asked, Would you please not ring your bells with the rest of the community? That is your, if that is your statement. And that particular day, 12 o'clock noon, October, all church bells rang out and are still not. Why? Because there's only one way. First and foremost, we have to understand there is, we need a peace with God. Colossians chapter 1. Come with me to Colossians chapter 1. I want you to see verses 19 and 20. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. <clears throat> First and foremost, there needs to be a peace with God. <clears throat> for in him, Colossians 1, verse 19, for in him, in reference to Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell through him. Reconcile with himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace the word by the blood of his cross. Paul is to the church addressing the classic heresy that says, let me set the record straight. Here's proper doctrine. He says that the only way to get peace is Christ comes, who is the fulfillment, and he makes peace by the blood. Of his cross. As I mentioned before, it's the what? Of mankind in the Genesis accounts to the murder of Abel by his brother Cain. There has been there has been ignited conflict and it's a great gap between a holy God and a sinful man. We go through the Old Testament, we don't have the time we can read past after past after past verse after verse. The entire Old Testament will see that of the Old Testament, anything peaceful because of man's sinfulness. Beginning in Noah's day, God actually says what? He was grieved and he destroys, literally destroys every portion of his creation on earth with the exception of Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives, eight people, not as the would show. Because of man's sinfulness, God goes years later one man, and through that one man, Abraham, there was going to be one nation, and one nation was called to be holy because of man's sinfulness. He called for a very strict law to be obeyed and adhered to a sacrificial sin that was established. And anyone who stepped out of that, there was going to be drastic measures of punishment or even blood to those who disobeyed. However, we all know what? that according to Galatians chapter 3, when Jesus came, he changed everything. In Galatians chapter 3, Jesus Christ redeemed us, rescued us from the curse of that law. Jesus Christ came to die on the cross at Calvary. He essentially ended that war existed between holy God and sinful, righteous God and unrighteous man. Jesus Christ died on the cross. 
he alone, through his sacrificial the shedding of his blood, cries out, it is finished. And he made a way of peace possible. Think of that. All of years and years and years of conflict and in Christ he made peace. Now, that peace with God is available to any single person here. There's no reason for you to walk out of this room in a few moments without knowing you can have peace with God. By acknowledging sinfulness. By repenting, which means turn from that living differently than you did before. And turning to the Lord Jesus Christ under he is the only means of salvation. So that a whole God can look at us through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, his own son, sacrifice, and see that one not be at war with us, but be at peace with us. And the entire, the entire testament fills this theme there can be peace through Christ. Literally, it's everywhere. Way many for us this morning. Let me read a few. Romans 1, verse 7. Grace to you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5. Peace with God through the Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 15. Now the God of peace be with you. 1 Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians 1. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 6 says that we are all what? Armed to battle by what? As shoes, feet, having readiness, given the gospel of peace. Way too many times we read literally the books alone that include the theme, Philippians, Colossians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 and Peter, 2 and 3 Jude, Revelation. It's everywhere, people. Everywhere the subject arises. Great to you and peace. Peace be with you. Follow peace. Go in peace. Conduct yourself in peace. Make peace with you. Make peace. 55 says to be peacemakers. Do you sit? Do you understand what exists in your laps this morning? What you're hearing? And do you know this? That there is what? A reconciliation. And do you do you live every single day knowing that you do not serve God's peace upon your life, but in His grace He has given it to you? First of all, there can be and there should be, there must be peace with it. Second, there needs to be a peace of God. Let, let me tell you, that there cannot be a peace of God unless there is a peace with God. We pass one another in a hallway, we pass one another on a walk. Hey, how you doing? General greeting, how are you today? Jewish people with one another, you work this Hebrew word, shalom. In ancient Testament times, you do that. What's interesting is they still greet one another today with this shalom. It's Hebrew word, peace. As, as people pass, we wish peace on one another. Arabic, it's very similar. It's salam. Salam. Peace. It's interesting that it is a beautiful thing to meet 
one another in peace, and yet it's very obvious that there are very few in our world today that actually enjoy peace. We're talking this an evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, a fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, is this overarching, abiding sense, what I describe knowing all is well. All is what well. such a baby. What's interesting is that there can be a, a baby stroller pushed in a crowd. We were in Times Square earlier this year and just massive, of just, just hordes of people and, and some pushing and the baby is sound asleep. On an airplane, it's bumping with turbulence. Look, and a baby sound asleep. A ship that's rocking in the middle storm. And a baby was what? The softness of being close to his mother or the strength of his father's arms. He is today, he is at peace. It is that deep, abiding sense of peace that you and I can have. I would have. The prophet Isaiah wrote the words in Isaiah 26, to keep him in perfect peace, whose mind stayed on you because he trusts in you. Isaiah asks these trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is everlasting rock. Now if you were to look at this, Isaiah chapter twenty six, you can see that both references to the Lord, Lord forever and God is an everlasting rock, are in all capital letters. For translation, it's in all capital letters, Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. Whenever you see the Lord, capital L, capital O, O-R, capital E, it is specific mention to who? To Yahweh. Realize who? Yahweh is a name of God that represents his closeness to us. It represents his presence with us, his intimacy with us, his accessibility, the fact that he is he is surrounding us and protecting us. This, this is literally the pit of a Christian stands in the middle of the battlefield and everything just just hard on fear around them. And yet that Christian is literally garrisoned out by that holy, powerful, and sovereign God who is in complete command of every single situation. To realize that there is a peace of God that exists because of what Jesus Christ has done and accepted and acknowledged that and have a peace. I want you to think about your own life. If I were to ask, have there ever been a time of uncertainty or fear in your life? Well, you better believe it. Right now. I'm really I'm worried about the future. Worried about I'm concerned about I'm concerned about ones or family members. I'm concerned about where we're at together financially. I'm concerned about the direction that we're going as a church. I'm concerned about the direction that we're going as a country. And I have a I have an ache in my heart, and I have a sense of fear, and I lose sleep at night, and I find that I can just stay up, and I'm in cold baths, and there's a sense of the world is going to be a ten thousand different ways. Transcendental 
meditation. Go home, find your self, and think positive thoughts. This is to be reserved, select liberties of Hollywood. This is now what? This is a constant push to find, even in our schools. But you just have to find your inner self and see quiet and peace and positive thoughts. No, that's a lie. That, that's a lie in the pit of hell. There's no positive thought inside of your mind and heart toward Jesus Christ. There's a conflict that wars and ages sinfulness and godliness until we tender and, and submit to his authority. People seek peace today through there's justice and marijuana opiates instead of tranquilizers, alcohol, you just need a drink. It's just, it's just too hard of a day. I gotta, I gotta have a calm me. The world is gonna constantly something and it's not going to last you can look at the news and talk about peace churches 74 ceasefire what happens in the 71st hour they're already at it it has no sense of what it means in an abiding resting peace enter what enter age right the floor of the Lord Jesus Christ not preserve us or protect us or inoculate us from the absence of all conflict. That's what we're talking about. It talks about the fact that it doesn't matter how hard things blow. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how scary, how hard the rain is pounding against, how certain. It doesn't matter about any outward circumstance. What matters is that with inside, I owe is well. Ah, oh, that's so important. Celebrate the community of the Lord. And we think about even the last moment Jesus Christ is teaching in John chapter 14. What does Christ say to the disciples? He says, Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you, not in world do we give it to you. Completely different. He, he, he made the statements. You and I need to hear today and be reminded of today. He says, Jesus Christ himself, the Prince of Peace. Look at you, the Holy Spirit speaks to you through his word and says, let not your heart be You don't have to serve and worry. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to sweat. No, don't. If there is a peace with God, then there is, I assure you, and I promise you on the authority of God's word, a peace of God. This is a peace that's better than you or I. You cannot fake, you cannot manufacture it. I thought, you know, we could fake a mile enough to look at someone and say, well, they must have. For periods of being fake love, just can only open doors for people and offer stuff, kind things. Oh, they must be loved. You, know what? you can you cannot for one moment manufacture peace. You have it, or you do not have it. Which means what? you you surrender and acknowledge the authority of Jesus Christ. 
You have, you have decided to offer your entire life to him. It doesn't matter about what happens. It does not matter what happens to you, your physical body, your, your wife, your children. It doesn't matter what happens to your heart. It doesn't matter what happens to your care. It doesn't matter about anything I know first and foremost. As Matt read earlier, the psalm about this David Goss. It says that he meets me beside still was. He makes me down. He rests me. It's restored my soul. Oh, it is such a delightful gift the Holy Spirit gives to us. I remember sitting with her gal, her Carol, uh, and she knew as she was in hospice, her time was needing and we were actually making plans for the funeral. What songs were going to be sung, what acts of scripture were to be read. And she looked at me when you think there would be a sense of uncertainty. And she looked at me and she said, I am so excited. I can't see Jesus. I remember the hospice workers who were around, some of the key workers, being gentle and kind, but said, Carol, you, you, have to, you have to do a little bit better with it. You have to accept it. She looked at me and she said, I just don't understand. Do that. Peace. He said is offered to every one of us. So it's, it's because of what Jesus has done. Jesus Christ filled every single requirement for the Heavenly Father, Holy Father, and offered Himself. I want to encourage you and remind you you're a believer here today. Regardless of the storms that are around you at times, this communion is a tremendous sense reminding you of what the Holy Spirit has offered. Jesus Christ, literally before he moments before he was in arrest, he was meeting with the disciples and explaining to them somewhat foggy their understanding. He took an object and he took a loaf of bread and he held it up for them and he said this this it was unlike bread, it, bread with yeast. This is a picture of sin in God's word. And, and Christ, my, this is a picture of my body. And he said, your body is going to be broken for you. He didn't entirely understand, but the promise was fulfilled in the very near future. His body was and torn and for each one of us. Christ well took, he was sitting with the disciples, fruit of the vine, and he poured it out, and he said, it poured out that this is a picture, a symbol, a type of my blood that is poured out for you. Without the shed blood, with what? Something dying. Something has to pay the price for our sinfulness. And Christ knew that he ultimately was the only one who could. In the agony of knowing what was expecting, he even prayed, Lord, remove this from me. Up from me. He knew what was going down. But ultimately, he surrendered, just like you need to surrender. Nevertheless, not what I, not my will, yours be done. 
Christ went to the cross and his body was broken, his blood was poured out, his life was given so that you and I can put faith in our trust, our entire life into his prayer. Know that our sins are forgiven, are, are, are forgotten. It's a salvation message, gospel message, the good news. Everything we do comes back to this. So we have opportunity today as family. If you're here this morning, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you're not a, a member of Bigwood, if you accepted Jesus Christ, you understand what this represents. It's not literally, it's, it's really a piece of bread. It's literally, it's some juice. It's a picture of what Jesus has done. I invite you to participate. When I ask the members to come this morning, we're going to serve the you. Um, I just want to remind you to stay in your seats and men will bring it to you. We're going to ask God a blessing on the bread and the cup and then take it together. Let me also be very, very clear. If you have not acknowledged the Lord Jesus Christ, you refuse to surrender, you've heard the truth of the gospel, and you say, I don't want that, please, with the most respect, please refrain from this. Okay? The God is not locked. And that's what you'd be saying. It's that the Lord looks hearts, and he knows the sincere. So I just ask you with the utmost of respect to refrain from that. If you're a believer, brothers and sisters, we say and we rejoice to you. Such a delight to Drew and Lynn back with us. Miss our dear brother and sister after traveling. I'm going to ask, ask God's blessing on the bread and on the cup. God, we come before you unworthy um, of this amazing grace that you've given us. 
our sin. We wanted nothing more than to fight and have our own way and be selfish and fulfill the desires of our heart. And yet you cleansed us through the power of the blood of Christ. We thank you for bringing us to go to the cross, coming into the earth and being humbled as a man. that the Lord Jesus Christ on the same day when she was made, took bread. After he had given it, he broke it and he said, This is my body which is for you. Do this and remember it.
brothers. It's in the same way so he took the cup after supper. This cup is the new covenant in blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of It is with that that we are able to enjoy peace. God and peace. Just stand with us, please, as we close. sums up uh, what we've been talking about today. So we'll 